Welcome to the Finding Sustainability podcast. This insight clip is taken from our full interview with Mark LaBelle in episode 23 of the podcast. Mark is a professor in the Department of Environmental Science and Policy at the University of California, Davis, where he's also the director of the Center for Environmental Policy and Behavior. In the clip, Mark talks about the ecology of games theory and its link to the history of research on polycentric governance. So the ecology of games framework. I, I actually sent you an email, I remember, last year, at some point, last academic year, because I started to use aspects of that framework in my main environmental policy and governance class. Which, by the way, I'd love to, one of the things I'd love to do um, in the future is create a resource where folks like us can actually share things like syllabi, et cetera, learn more directly about like what we're teaching and how we're using it. Yeah. Because it's more increasingly, it's made sense to me to frame the so the the course I teach is very much case based, and the students have to use a kind of a common framework to look at say the Mississippi River and how we're engineering it and managing it and governing it, et cetera. Um, lots of different. We we read Cod by Kurlansky this year for the first time, looking at that, and so I'm I'm encouraging them to look at these different. You know, Ostrom might have called them action situations, et cetera. I think I've heard you, correct me if I'm wrong, broadly compare kind of the game as you use it to an action situation. But it's been very effective in the course that I teach to kind of ask the students, okay, where are the different games? Which actors are playing them? What are their incentives and information? And then how do the games relate to each other to help us understand the whole system? It's been a really helpful pedagogical tool. Yeah. Well, I, so, uh, you know, if you want to think about the origins of the ecology of games theory, which I consider a theory of polycentric institutions. Not a framework, or does that distinction matter to you? Oh, it doesn't matter too much. Okay, I've been trained to care yeah. about it. I can okay, drop it. call it a framework. I can call drop it. Call it a theory, whatever you want. I, I've had that fight with multiple, multiple reviewers now. It's, it's, it's been a, there's been enough back and forth on that that I think maybe it's not that big of a deal. So... So, right. so just call it a theory of polycentricity. Like the re, the most recent paper that we wrote that sort of summarizes what we've learned so far. Far, far the editor insisted we call it a theory now. So, fine. Okay. The, the editor of PSJ says it's a theory. It's a theory. Um, but you know, but it it used to be the original fight was that oh, the ecology of games isn't new because it's just polycentricity. But polycentricity has no theory, really. There's not not really a theory of polycentricity in my in my view about how polycentric the structure and process and function of polycentric institutions. So the ecology of games is is meant to be is meant to serve that purpose, and, and so it it originated from the idea from a paper that I wrote where I was studying. Uh, collaborative land use and transportation planning in California, and we were focusing on just the partnerships around uh, kind of uh, regional planning for, for, for land use and transportation in several regions of California, like the SACOG process in Sacramento was one of our studies, and it was around the um, metropolitan planning organizations. But then my, we were doing the, I was doing the analysis, and it turned out that people's evaluations of cooperation in the SACOG process interacted with their participation in other more traditional land use planning things and it was a negative interaction and i'm sitting there going why is it the case that people who participate in SACOG they they don't like it as well if they do things outside of SACOG and that made reminded me of uh uh, Norton Long's Ecology of Games paper that I had read in graduate school and kind of was like, that's cool because it had the word ecology in it, but but then I didn't really pick it up again. And then I said, this is what this is. This is kind of this ecology, poly, 
of games probably some interesting action. So I took that that paper, which was in AJPS, American Journal of Political Science, was the first kind of time that I tried to write that down. And then I started thinking, you know, this is a broader phenomenon that links to polycentricity. So now I'm going to try to write down the whole framework and try to, then that's the 2013 PSJ piece. And then I've been trying to convince people like yourselves and others to use this framework. And I think the experience has been like you described, Mike, which is once you start thinking about the fact that in any given region, the Mississippi River, the Gulf of Mexico, the Gulf of Maine, when you start thinking about it, you can't avoid but seeing the fact that there's multiple policy processes happening all the time. Yep. It's like you instantaneously recognize it. And once you start seeing it everywhere, you have to say to yourself, okay, we have to deal with this as policy analysts or governance theory people because that is the reality of what's going on out there. There's and it affects outcomes like that. A huge effect. I mean, all they interact in these all these complex ways to affect outcomes – and it's not like we can take one policy tool. Here's the policy tool that's one of a hundred different things going on, or the policy or the collaborative partnership that's one of a hundred different things going on, and be able to understand how all that governance stuff interacts with the outcomes of the system. You have to deal with the whole system. Right. So so that's been the driving motivation of what I've been doing. And then when I go to policymakers, turning back to what we talked about yesterday. Or earlier, not yesterday. It feels like yesterday. It seems like yesterday. That when you talk to them about it, they're like, oh, yeah, that's it. That They recognize that that is the environment in which they operate. And they would like some help in navigating, as we talked about earlier in this workshop, and understanding how to structure it, uh, how to to deal with that mess. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, so I have two two follow-up questions that occur to me immediately. One is... Your statement of polycentricity as being theoryless. We, I just we will, let's go back to that for like one or okay. two minutes. I, I remember. I think I actually emailed you about a blog post you had about polycentricity, and gosh, I'm trying to remember what it actually said that I really liked. And I think maybe part of it was that you know is kind of that the 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 literature that I had read on it, it did seem at least theory light. That it was it, it honestly it felt kind of almost like the new panacea that this community was kind of latching onto, which of course for me felt like kind of problematically ironic because one of our pillars of our discourse is that there's no panacea. Right. And it, I've, I've come to feel like it's almost, you know, almost back to the tribal social instincts hypotheses is that these having a certain panacea in a policy relevant field becomes a marker for your community. Right. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. So if you go back, in my view, if you go back to the original papers and discussion about polycentricity in the, you know, uh, uh, Thibault, Warren, Ostrom paper, I think 1961, it was really, there was some theory there. Right. And the theory was that you're going to look at a metropolitan system and you're going to have a polycentric system compared to some sort of gargantuan or monocentric system and ask which type of system is better at delivering local public goods. Right. And the argument, the theoretical argument there was that because the polycentric system enabled this type of tibu sorting process of people voting with their feet, that the local government, the, the multiple local government jurisdictions within a metropolitan region would kind of compete with each other and provide the package of public goods that would satisfy their citizens. And anytime there was inter-jurisdictional externalities, those externalities would be resolved by some sorts of uh, cooperative arrangements. Right. And then, the th- in my view, the th- 
the theory, the, the concept of polycentricity took off from there and kind of said, okay, there's these multiple levels. This and eventually evolved into what you described as this normative panacea. It's like, okay, how are we going to solve climate change? We're going to make it polycentric. How are we going to solve X, Y, Z? Polycentric, polycentric, polycentric. Right. But when you look at the reality of the situations, every single one, there is really no monocentric. monocentric. Yeah. I mean, I would love for somebody to prove me wrong and show me like here is a, a system or envi- environmental problem where it's a purely monocentric system, especially anything of beyond like a small system. Um, maybe, maybe you can find some that are small systems once you get, so everything is polycentric, which means that we need to do more than just say, Oh, we're going to suggest polycentrism. And it looks like this. We need to understand what processes operate on it. You know, how, what, how do the polycentric systems vary? The dimensions, how many right. dimensions do they vary along? What's given that there's multiple ways that polycentrism might be manifest? What type of polycentric structures do you need under what sorts of circumstances? Because that's the key to institutional fit. Right. So it's not like poly. Yeah, sure. You can say we're going to use uh, a polycentric approach, but that's in a sense saying nothing if you can't adapt the structure of those polycentric systems to fit the particular type of collective action problem that um, is, is at hand. And I believe that if you look at Ostrom's latest, the, her final writings on that is she was heading towards that approach. I think hmm. that that's like underlying her writing about no panacea and underlying her idea of diagnostic approaches. It's Yeah, it's all polycentric, but we're going to try to like get in and figure out uh, what aspects of that really matter under what, under different situations rather than just using a, the blanket idea yeah yeah have you i think she's at either uc boulder uh rebecca gruby has written some interesting stuff about polycentricity i think almost along these lines of kind of really thinking about like what is this actually what predictions can we actually make with the current state of the theory yeah yeah like her work yeah i mean it does it is interesting because it does it has seemed to mirror some of the ways in which you know, the, the panacea discourse around, say, ITQs or other things have gone. There's kind of a just-so story about how things should go. And, I don't, and it's also, you know, adaptive, collaborative co-management. There's lots of different, you know, every policy seems to be possibly subjectable to this kind of dynamic right. where you get a group of people to say, hey, this is the best new thing. Yeah. And yeah. it's because it's harder. I think what you're describing is harder to, to it's it's easier to write a page about how great this could be if we could only do it versus like, OK, like how do these different elements actually interact? Right. Yeah. In my view, you know, if you take the sort of research I'm doing and others that have been, you know, using the ecology gains framework or network analysis or something like that to, to try to to understand how polycentricity operates empirically, we don't have a lot of research on it. We're, we don't have a lot of understanding on the relationship between polycent- the structure and function of polycentric governance arrangements and outcomes or cooperation. It's really only be, it, it's very early stages, despite the fact that everything out there is like that. So it's like we're just you know taking a look over the cliff here on, on it, and we need way more research on it to be able to come up with the, the answers to the questions that you get asked at the end of every conference, which is like, well, what about the relationship to outcomes? What do you know about outcomes or right, something right. like that? Um, we need a lot more research, and so that's you know, one of the things I've talked about at the succinct meetings and, and basically a lot of venues is that one of the projects I would like to complete before I retire, um, you know, maybe I'll retire early, who knows, um, is 
trying to work with people to establish a, uh, an observatory network for social ecological systems that really establishes these things over lots of different contexts over a long period of time with instrumentation both for the social side and the governance side and the individual behavior side and also the biophysical outcome side of things and just try to see how these things co-evolve co over time and i think until we have that time type of long-term approach that's got a, spa a large spatial extent and a long, long temporal extent, we're never going to answer some of the most fundamental questions that we would like to know. Uh, we'll always be saying we don't know this in the conclusions of our papers um, and because we just don't have the, the research infrastructure in place to um, provide those answers. Thank you for listening to the podcast. You can find us on Twitter or on our website if you're interested in sharing or further engaging with the content or requesting guests. You can also listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or Google Play, and it can also be streamed from our website. This podcast is part of a larger project called the Environmental Social Science Network, www.essnetwork.net. On the website, you will find further resources, and we welcome those interested in becoming involved or hosting their own projects on the site to contact us. 